join me. I'll lift us up in prayer before uh, Mike shares uh, his heart with us tonight. Uh, Lord, we are grateful to be able to, to gather in your name. Uh, we're grateful for your grace, your mercy, your love. We're grateful for the, the love feast we just enjoyed. Mm. Grateful to be able to worship in song together as one. Lord, we ask you to guide our time tonight to open our hearts, to open our minds to your message, to your word. Let it be planted deeply within our, our soul, Father. Mm. May it be a guiding light to us. We lift up Mike as he um, brings what you plant in his heart, uh, as he shares your word with us. Lord, we, we desire to be changed and to be more like you and, and less like us, Father. Uh, may, it, may it transform us tonight. May we be renewed in your spirit tonight. In the holy name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> That's cool. How cool is that? Man. What's up, gang? What's up? It was a great time, man. It's a great time. If, if uh, I know there were some folks that were at Simply Free this this past weekend, and uh, Gary and Salita were able to share part of their journey uh, over the weekend. It was just absolutely beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. So I'm I'm asking them here. I already know their yes is on the table, but uh, so Gary, I'd love for you to do that here, and uh, Salita the same. You and I've already chatted about it. And uh, I'd love for anyone else, you know, after you see them model what that looks like. Come on in, Lord. He says he will not. <laughs> there's the, well. All right, have we been able to get that one unlocked yet? All right, he's got it. He's got it. All right. Yes. That's really what it'd be like. That's really what it would be like. All right, y'all ready? <laughs> That's crazy. It is a full moon. <laughs> hey, how many of you like to hike? How many of you like to get on a trail? Like to go hiking? Yeah. Most in our family do. Biff's not the biggest fan of it. But have you ever noticed that when you go out on a trail, that they're marked? You know, you, you get out on the trail, depending on which one you get on, they have the rectangles and they have these colors, and ever so far out in front of you, you're looking for that color. So, you know, if you're on a white trail, you just keep looking for the white mark that's on the tree that's out there in front of you somewhere, or if it's red or blue, whatever the color is, you're on the trail and you're kind of looking for that, right? And I've often said, I said, if there's anyone in the world that could get lost on a marked trail, it'd be me. I mean, it really would. We, uh, I, I, there was a time when Deb and I went to Colorado, and man, we're, we're hiking up this deal that's getting us up to Pikes Peak, I believe, and, and she just blazes. When she starts going down a trail, she's fast. She's like a little rabbit, and and so, man, I'm just plodding down the thing. And, and all of a sudden, I really did have this moment of panic because I didn't see the marker. And there was no one around me. 
And, and I'm going, is there any way that I could have veered off the trail? Is, it, is there any way that I, that I could have gotten off the right path? Is there any way that I could be lost in this? And so thank God there was a guy that came up and I said, hey, bro. I said, am I heading in the right direction? He, he said, yeah, you sure are. So there was assurance, you know, from someone else and you had to push out of yourself to ask somebody, hey, is this the way? Am I heading down the right path? Am I, am I on the right trail? It, it feels good for a while, but all of a sudden it started feeling yucky. And man, I, I got to share this. Anytime I think about a hiking trip, I think about the one where we all went. There was a big group of us, most, mostly family, and we said, uh, we're going to do the fiery gizzard. Has anybody ever been on that? Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Man alive, it's beautiful. If you ever do it, it's up towards Swanee. It's a 12.5 mile point to point, meaning that if you're going to do the whole thing you, and not camp and come back, you need to park a car at one end and park a car at the other end and head on, right? So we're on it and we're just plodding along, you know, for 12.5 miles. Halfway into the deal, we, we packed in lunch and snacks and water. We have a beautiful lunch on the top, you know, where we have all this scenery. And then we start going, and there was guy, one guy that was with us and had been there before, and you start asking the questions, how much longer? <laughs> because daylight was starting to chase us. I said, are we going to get in before dark? So yeah, we just got to keep going. So the pace starts to pick up. We're following our markers. And as we're following our markers, they're coming faster because we're picking our pace up. But we do get to this one point, and if you've ever hiked any at all, you know you've got all the different levels of the trail, right? You've got easy, moderate, kind of hard, <laughs> and then arduous. Well, arduous hit us at the end of the trail. I don't know how much further we had, but man, we were starting to go over rocks, and all of a sudden, I start hearing some words that are coming out of this little brown-eyed girl that I, I thought were forbidden forever. <laughs> Deb, it's okay. You're forgiven. <laughs> she got really mad. <laughs> and we were scattering, trying to find the next marker. I mean, we really had kind of lost our way in that. So long story short, we finally get off the trail. And so, you know, we can laugh about it now, you know, but it took about two or three months to heal from that experience. I lost toenails. I'm not real sure she's, I'm not real sure she's ever healed from it. But we want to be sure, don't we? Isn't that, that kind of how we play our game? We want to be sure. We, we just don't want to take too many risks. But I just don't see that with Peter. And so we're going to be in 1 Peter, so if you want to find a screen or a book that has 1 Peter in it, I'm going to give you a chance to go there. For anyone that's not maybe not ever met Peter, Peter's name before he became Peter was Simon. He was a fisherman, hung out. He was a, you know, I, I just picture Peter being a just a, a, uh, a man's man, really. He, just, uh, he knew how to work with his hands. He, he was a fisherman. Wasn't afraid to tell people what he thought, and sometimes to his detriment. 
But when he turned into Peter, man, there was just a whole lot of stuff that just started changing in his life. When he met this man named Jesus, his life really started changing along with others. What I thought was kind of cool, actually, uh, Peter, when he was Simon, his brother Andrew in one of the Gospels, Andrew's the one that brought the Messiah to him and said, man, we found the Messiah. His brother came to him and said, man, we found the Messiah. Hey, isn't that kind of cool? I have found the Messiah. And how many people are we grabbing and going, you've got to meet Him. You've got to meet Him. Isn't that cool? Andrew did it. What's kind of interesting, there's some tidbits about old Peter. Peter's name is mentioned in the Gospels more than anyone else's except for the name of Jesus. Isn't that wild? No one speaks as often, I think we can get this one, no one speaks as often as Peter in the Gospels. Peter has something to say. And he's not bashful to say it. Jesus speaks more to Peter than any other individual in the Gospels. Some of it good, (laughs) some of it bad. But there was no hiding with Peter, was there? There's just no hiding. So Peter was compelled to communicate, and this letter starts coming out. And, and the thing that really fascinates me about these letters is that Peter is now an older man, all right? The resurrection has occurred. This letter, most of the letters on the right-hand side of the book, after you start flowing into the New Testament, they come out at different stages after the resurrection of Christ, a lot of them 60 to 65. Now, we're not going to split hairs because knowing the exact time doesn't negate the fact that the letter was written. And so we're going to release ourselves from that and find out what Peter wants to communicate to us. Not only us, but gang, here's where I want to put you. I want to put you in the place where he's talking. He's talking, he said, this letter, this is verse 1, he said, this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So when the people see that, they're looking at it and going, this is a guy that lived life with the living Jesus Christ when he was here on earth. I'm going to lend my ear to it. I'm going to take time to listen to what this letter has to say. And so he, he's saying that, and, and the thing is, is that he's writing to a people that have been scattered. Now, you remember us on the trail? We kind of scattered just to look for a, a marker that was not from here to there. We were panicking. But here's a people gang that were leaving their homes as they knew it and going to places like Galatia and Asia and Bithynia and, and Pontus. And, and, and what it would look like when you look at it today is so those names mean nothing to me. And even when someone says, as I'm studying, someone says, well, that's modern-day Turkey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's something I eat, hopefully, on Thanksgiving. I mean, really, I mean, if I put a map up there, would most of us be able to go, eh, there it is, there's Turkey. No. No. So I went and I said, at least I'm going to look to see where it is. And, and, and so Turkey, where these people were scattered to, sits in between Europe and Asia. And it's kind of a rectangle place. And so some of these cities you'll recognize. You've probably heard of Ephesus. So if you're looking at that rectangle and you're looking over here to the western border over the side, you'd see Ephesus. Okay? It's where Paul hung out some, right? The letter of Ephesians. 
So that's there. I mean, you could look at it, modern-day Turkey, and there's Ephesus. You go, wow, okay, I, I get that. So you go over to the center of the, of the area, and then there's Antioch down in the southern. But just right over on the western or the eastern border, just right over on the eastern border is Iran. Now, how many of us have heard of that? Is it on your vacation spot? They scattered to places that were volatile. It's volatile. It was volatile then, and it's volatile now. And gang, I believe, this is just old Bibbo, I believe it's going to be volatile until Jesus comes home. I just believe it. And when he comes home, there's going to be peace that reigns like crazy. Right? So he's writing to a people that have been scattered. They're looking for markers. And so their lives have been disjointed. They're looking for the new trail that they have to blaze. And so when Peter sends a letter to them, they will take notice because they know this guy has been one that has been scattered along with them. He understands what it means to drop net and follow a guy after he just heard two words, follow me. When, he, when Jesus got in his boat and he said, I'm going to make you fisher of men, Peter didn't ask him how that was going to go down. He just, he said, okay, let's, let's get this on. Let's do this. And he did it. And so why the purpose of the letter? Well, why were they scattered? Why did the people have to leave? Because it is in the era of this guy named Nero. And depending on who you talk to, depending on who you read, it was just crazy that happened. Can we just sum it up to that? And Nero was the one that caused the crazy. Most believe that. And Nero needed a place to put blame. And he put the blame on folks that were following and loving Jesus Christ. And so in doing so, he was literally at times taking Christians. They weren't called, we weren't called Christians, gang. He was taking folks that loved Jesus, embalming them in wax and using them as lanterns. Just some of the most heinous things you can ever believe that someone could do to someone, he was doing it. And so people wanting to save their lives scattered. And when they scattered, guess what scattered with them? The good news of Jesus Christ. The incredible, saving, redempting gospel of Jesus Christ went into modern day Turkey. And it's still sitting there today. You cannot drown out the light. So the way that these things would fall, and, and so I think this would be kind of cool, and we're going to do it halfway just for time's sake. What I, what I want us to do, I really want you to feel what it would feel like if you were, let's say, in Galatia or, or Cappadocia. Let's do Cappadocia. It just sounds fun, doesn't it? I think it would be fun to be in Cappadocia. Cappadocia. It's good to see you in Cappadocia. There's the postcard for him. You're there on the scene. A guy comes in. He says, I have a letter from the Apostle of Peter. I want you to close your eyes. And I'm going to read it. I'm going to read just a few verses. All right? And then I'm going to take this to the next step. Here we go. Everybody, eyes closed. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. 
I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him, and you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled. It's beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. This is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire test and purifies gold, but through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward of trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. Eyes open. Here's what I want you to do. I wasn't there on the scene when the letter was read. And I see this group of people and I'm coming up and I was trying desperately. I knew the letter was coming. I knew the letter was coming. I just couldn't get there. Maybe I had to work. Maybe I had some sick kids at home. Maybe I had a friend of mine that was in a, in a different, more difficult place than I because he too had been scattered and he'd been starving. I don't know the situation, but I've just shown up, and I want to know what was in the letter. What are you going to tell me? Because that's how it was done. So I want you to tell me, what was in the letter? What do I need to know from just a little bit that we read right there? What would you want to tell me? What stuck to you that you would say, Bivo, you've got to remember this. This is what Peter is wanting us to know. You've got to know this. I'm what? I'm known. Oh my gosh, yes, come on. Yes, by His Spirit. What else? Been born again. Born again. Loved. And I'm going, I'm going, come on, tell me. Jesus has our back. Jesus has our back. Now you're starting to put it in your own words there. That's good. Christ raised from the dead. Yes. What else? We live in great expectation. Yes. Great expectation. I got this great inheritance. Trials are coming. Trials are coming. What about the trials? God is protecting me. God is protecting. Don't look at your notes, gang. You don't have no you don't have none of these at home. Pop's over cheating like crazy. Yeah. He's he's pulled the iPhone into the first century. Yes, ma'am, Anna. There's hope in a dark world. By all of His stripes, we are healed. Yes. Alright? So do you start to get the flavor? 
of how sometimes we'll just kind of gloss through this, but when you put yourself on the scene and go, dang, man, what stuck out to you? Well, trials stuck out to me. Remember, I, did, I wasn't here. I, I couldn't come. And, and so, I'm just going to say the name Bill. Bill, I heard that I was supposed to be joyful in trials, but I'm not. I'm not joyful. You, you see, I've just gotten moved from everything that I know. But why is Peter wanting me to be joyful in something where I don't want to be? I've lost my marker. I'm not on the trail. I don't feel like I'm on the trail anymore. Who moved it? This, I didn't sign up for this, Bill. I didn't sign up for my child to have almost a fatal accident in a football game. We got to be praying for. We got to be praying for him. I didn't sign up this morning to send an email out to someone and saying I just don't want to even go through the day. I didn't sign up for that. How can I be joyful in all that? And yet we're told to be so i got great news for us. Let's find out because there is the answer in this. And so, here's the thing. Look at this one more time before we move forward. Go back and look at verse 7. It said, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Gang, what would they have seen? What would they have seen for their faith to be genuine in a time like that? There's none of this. There's no barns to go to. They're, they're surviving. And how are they surviving with one another? How do people know that our faith is genuine? If we don't have this, they did not have this. They're just now hearing the letter for the first time ever. This is brand new on their ears. They've just been scattered. And they've just been told many trials are coming. But when they see you walk through it, they'll know that your faith is genuine. <laughs> oh my gosh, isn't that great? Wonderful. And so here's the thing. All right, so let's turn it. You ready? You want some, you want some, the great news? All right, so the thing is, is that they're going, all right, I'm not joyful. How can I pull from Peter? Now think of the people that are in your circle of influence and that a lot of times you pull from them. Gang, it's great that we do so. The Word says that we are to share one another's burden. But the first pull has to be from where Peter pulled first from. Go over to John 16 for a second. And so what Peter is remembering, he's going, look, I too have been scattered. And so Peter was living with the one that was causing others to want us to scatter. He was living with Jesus. Right? Listen to what Jesus tells them. And I believe this is some of the words that Peter was pulling from. It's John 16. It's verse 32. This is Jesus talking. Everybody there? Is everybody there? Cool. But the time is coming. This is Jesus now. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When you will be scattered. (laughs) 
each one of you, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. John 13, 16, 33 says, then he goes on, he says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. All right. Now in a setting like this, everybody's going, amen, hallelujah, yes, indeed. Monday comes and we're going, what in the world just happened? <laughs> My peace has just left. So how do we pull from it? And I've said this a ton. It's like when someone kept telling me to let go and let God. And I said, boys, those are great words. But you're going to have to show me and teach me what that looks like. And so I believe that's what Peter was doing. Because how do you do that? Gang, here's one piece of it, I believe. Because I believe as a body of Christ, this is where we get to. All right? Is that a lot of times we try to figure out what God's doing. Okay? Let that soak a second. We're trying to figure out what God's doing. What God's in and what God's not in. How do I determine that? Why would I ever say that God's in this and not in that? Is that sinking in? You know, if you read this over and over and over, you know what words that you're not going to see in here? Are the boys trying to figure out what God's doing? They already know what He did. You see, they're pulling, they're pulling from the fact that there's an empty tomb. <laughs> and they remember the fact that their Lord, our Lord, our Savior, our Messiah, said, I'm going to place myself on it. Because you're going to need a helper because many trials are coming. Sorrows are coming. You're going to think that you're off the trail. You're not off the trail. Because see, the old gang, the old, the folks saw a God that was wrathful. They saw a God that would respond in a way of destruction. All wrath is satisfied through Jesus Christ. Every bit of it. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you no longer have to worry about His wrath. It's not for you. And so if you're whooping yourself, you can lower yourself under. And this is where I believe we're with these guys because I believe that when people got all upside down, they forgot the fact that Jesus had paid it all. They never tried to figure out what God's motive was because, see, they remembered that God's motive for us is good. And, why, and so someone would say, well, how can you prove that, Bilbo? Well, God's motive for me is good, number one, because He blew life into me. Number two, His motive is good for me because He sent Jesus. And Jesus died, and more importantly, Jesus resurrected so I wouldn't have to die. I believe they pulled on that constantly. And so here's the thing for your Monday. How will people see your faith is genuine? (coughs) 
What's your trail? Where's your next marker? Are you secure in who He's made you to be? And if so, the circumstances don't determine your trail. Circumstances don't determine your trail. He's still the way. He's still your marker. You keep going. And you'll find the peace at some point that He overcame the world. And He came in to reside in His favorite place of all, is you. Father, I thank You for a time of people that get it in this room. So Lord, we're just going to finish up our celebration of You and our night just by singing. And Lord, I pray that no one leaves this room without knowing that they are deeply loved. Uh, Father, not only by You, but by each other in this room. And uh, so, uh, we love You. We thank You for blazing the trail for us. And setting the marks out there, Father, that where we wouldn't be lost. That we're constantly with You. As You are with the Father, You are with us, and us with You. And so, Lord, it's in Christ's name that we all say, Amen.